Pittsburgh Steeler fans and BTSC listeners, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Capron. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm your host of this new show as part of the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. Behind the Steel Curtain is a website. Um, it's part of SB Nation, and it's all things Pittsburgh Steelers focused. The guys that write for the site are on top of all the breaking news. And I'm telling you, you go on that site after you see a notification on your phone from ESPN or NFL.com or whoever it is, and the guys have written an article 30, 40 minutes beforehand. They are on top of the news. But as I said, we're a podcast form. So we're coming to you live in audio. I'm actually recording in the future. For those of you that are familiar with Steelers Touchdown Under that I'm a co-host of with uh, my fellow countryman, Mark Davison. Um, and he and I like to, to, we go live in the future on YouTube each, each Saturday evening over in the US or Sunday morning our time. And I'm recording live from the future on my Wednesday night. And so we're coming to you, actually, this podcast should be going live on Wednesday afternoon evening. So how funny is that? I'm actually recording after the time of day that it will go live. So I'm recording right now, actually, at 10 p.m. on Wednesday, the 27th of January. And you're probably listening to this earlier than that. You're probably listening to potentially this to 5 or 6 p.m. Um, on Wednesday, the 27th of January. Crazy, hey. But look, this week, it's a massive show. We've got lots of numbers to crunch. It's been a massive week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lots of big news from coaching changes to players incoming. I guess from the players' perspective, that's where our focus will really lie because that's what affects the Steelers' salary cap. Big news of this week, Steelers signed Dwayne Haskins. Um, they signed Dwayne Haskins to a futures contract, which puts him at about eight hundred and fifty grand. No commitments there. That's what he'll get paid if he, if he makes that roster. Equally, we saw Vance McDonald announce his retirement. Massive. Great player for the Steelers. Um, didn't necessarily didn't wasn't red hot from a statistical perspective, but did everything that needed to be done. Contributed to the team. Was really good mates with Big Ben and a fan favorite from for that awesome stiff arm he did, um, or fend or palm as we like to say down here down under um, against Chris Conte of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple of seasons ago, which just went made headlines around the world. But key thing for us for this show is $5.2 million in cap room. Equally, Maurice Pouncey is rumored to be potentially retiring this offseason. That would give the Steelers $8 million in cap room. So what do all these things mean? As most of you know, last season, there was a there was a, cap, a salary cap across the league of $198.2 million. Now, this season, because of COVID, as we covered in last week's show, um, and some of you may be aware, there's a floor of about 175 to 176 million. A lot of pundits, including Pro Football Talk, are sort of thinking it'll lie between in about the 180 million mark. If we all know the Steelers are 20 to 30 million, in fact, 30 million dollars potentially plus over the salary cap right now for their top 51 players. Um, and for those of you that aren't aware, the, the top 51 is basically the rule the NFL puts in place in the offseason. So your salary cap is based on 51 eligible players, which allows you to then have the rest of the players that go into your practice squads and then the 90, 90 team member squads. They don't, they don't count. There's minimum, there's different salary scales for those guys. But until the season officially starts, it's, it's the 51 so that the season starts for 2021. In this offseason, it's the rule of 51 that, that governs whether teams are over the cap or not. So assuming there's a, a cap of $180 million, we the Steelers have $4.95 million 
4.5 million, so almost 5 million, their enrollover cap. And this is what's called the adjusted cap. So each year when a team doesn't use all, all their sort of salary cap funds, they can roll that over into the future year for use. So whilst the NFL doesn't have a, it doesn't go into luxury taxes and it's on a loose cap, it's important to think of the cap as, as something that you look at over a three to four year basis because you can move these pieces over. With the 4.95 million and with Vance's 5.2 million, suddenly we've got about 10.1 million that we can add to the 180. Now that solves a big problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers because already we've bridged that gap between the lower salary cap number that we are so far over to basically now be in a situation where we've, we're clearing cap away. So 180 million, we're way over the salary cap at the moment. We're, we're 20 million plus over salary cap. We need to lower our cap number. So we can increase the cap number by that 4.95. So let's call that 185 million, right? Which the Steelers would still be about $20 million over the cap. But thanks to Vance, we can slice 5.2 million off that. Maurice Pouncey is, is rumored to be retiring. That again would give the Steelers another $8 million in salary cap. So suddenly the Steelers have got a bit more room to play with. The next thing I wanted to cover off in today's show was around contract utilization. Now, contract contract utilization is a really interesting metric. Um, last week we talked, we sort of finished the podcast talking about value value for players, and I thought this week it'd be interesting to sort of cover what contract utilization is because it gives you a baseline understanding of how well the Steelers are using um, their salary cap expenditure. So basically, over the cap, explain their contract utilization index is a metric that helps determine the basic return a team gets in a given season on their investment in a player, which they end up calling this contract utilization index, the CUI. The CUI takes a player's contracted um, average payment per year and adjusts it for playing time on offense and defense with an additional value given for special teams participation. The formula for the utilized APY of a player is simple. Contract APY times playtime plus 0.18 times special teams playtime. Now, you don't have to be a massive mathematician to work out the value that I'm going to explain in a moment. Now, the utilized APY for each player is then added and divided by the team's overall APY to determine the team's contract utilization index. Teams with a high CUI generally are healthy and are rewarding their most expensive players with significant playtime, i.e., we would have for the Pittsburgh Steelers to Castro playing the majority of snaps on the offensive line, Cameron Haywood on the defensive line. Teams with a low CUI are often faced with significant injuries combined with bad contract decisions that see expensive players riding the bench. Now, Steelers, might, we might have seen this more in 2019. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to pull that number up for this week's show, but we would have seen the 2019 with you know Ben being injured, Juju being out, different players being off injured. Now, while the CUI doesn't specifically tell us how good or bad a player is, because bad players with big contracts often get playtime despite lack of production, it can actually help better identify how well a team has been constructed and how they're approaching a season with their playtime allocations. Now, what I thought was really interesting is because the 2020 season is still technically going, and the Steelers are actually, in 2020, six in the league, the six best, had the six best contract utilization. So they had... Um, an APY of $222,655,189. And so their utilized API was 
$114,196, which gave them a utilization of 65.2%. Very interestingly, the six teams in front of them were all, apart from the Falcons, who had a utilization of 66.2%, the other teams all made the playoffs. And first was the Buccaneers, who have made the Super Bowl, who had a utilization of 71.7%, followed by the Rams, who had a utilization of 69.9%, followed by the Chiefs, who have also made the Super Bowl, at 66.4%. And then the Packers, at 66.3%, who obviously lost last week to the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. As you see there, that these teams and this contract utilization is really important in terms of where how teams constructed and where they perform. And that's something that we really want to see the Steelers continue in the future years, basically. And obviously it's helped by having a great quarterback, but what it basically means is the Steelers need to invest money in players that are actually going to take the field, play snaps and make a difference. We're actually going to look at this on the flip side later on in the show when I look at some of the, the really the, the standouts from the Steelers in terms of what they've been able to deliver for value. But yeah, I just wanted to cover a little bit there about contract utilization. Moving on from contract utilization, I wanted to look at over the caps NFL play evaluation for the 2020, se- 2020 season. Basically, the over the caps play evaluations are a proprietary formula that basically gives you depicts the value being provided by a player based on his on-field performance relative to the current market value for their position. Um, the calculation, calculations utilize a number of statistics and performance evaluations that are provided by Pro Football Focus. So caveat here is that a lot of people don't like the numbers that Pro Football Focus actually um, produces or rates teams. So if you don't like those, you may not be a full fan of the system, but it does sort of give you a picture at the Steelers' standout performance for the 2020 season and where they actually rank in terms of value. So I wanted to sort of call out a couple of players there because I said we talked about value last week um, in terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we'll talk a little bit, um, a bit, a bit more about value in part two of this week's show. But I wanted to just cover off the OTC valuation because when I was looking through, there were some surprises and there were some non-surprises as well, depending on the way you interpreted the 2020 season. First player I want to call out is TJ Watt. So his positional value and overall value, so his overall value in terms of his performances equated to $23.486 million. Now his current average pay per year is $2.3 million. Basically, he delivered $21.1 million over his annual pay packet which is average at the number that I gave you there of the 2.3 million is averaged across his contract. Minka, Minka gave a positional value. Another, you know, another um, all pro player, 12, $12.4 million um, positional value, overall value of $12.86 million. His current average pay per year is $4.1 million. And that delivered a value of eight over $8 million. So again, you're sort of seeing the numbers from Minka. Next player I wanted to sort of flag was, and his, his name sometimes a hard one to pronounce, but Chikwama Okorafor. He delivered an overall value of $11.6 million, has a current average pay per packet per year of $851,000, delivering $10.7 million worth of value. 
Even Juju, Juju delivered $10.387 million of overall value. His average payback right now, because he's on his rookie deal, he's a very young wide receiver, despite being the oldest in the Steelers locker room. Um, his current average pay per use of just a tick over a million dollars. He delivered $9 million over the, you know, in terms of over his annual pay per year. They're massive numbers there. And the other player that was much maligned that's sort of in these this top five of value in terms of these pro football focused numbers in terms of they, their positional um, average contracts are, was Alejandro Villanueva. He delivered $9.4 million over his average pay per year. So he delivered a value of $15.478 million. Now, I know with Alejandro Villanueva, he was highly rated on pro football focus. And for a lot of fans out there, in, in fact, including myself, it's a bit of an issue in terms of we didn't necessarily think he had the best year, even though he allowed only three sacks. The other thing I wanted to point out was that the top five players that were delivering this huge value over their actual average pay per year, Alejandro Villanueva and Juju Smith-Schuster are actually free agents this offseason. So, which most of you be aware of, but what it shows you is the Steelers need to get really good value. Now, the bonus is that the players that are on the fringe of these top five, two of them, so of the top five players near the, the fringe, two of them were wide receivers. It's not hard to guess who these guys were. Chase Claypool, who delivered an overall value of $8.2 million and his average pay per year right now is 1.654. So he delivered at $6.6 million, just over $6.6 million over his average pay per year. And Deontay Johnson, he delivered almost, or he actually delivered over $6.5 million average pay per year. So you've got two guys there that, by all numbers, whether you disagree with profile focus or not, you've got guys there that are on a pure numbers system that Juju's rated on as well. You've got guys there ready to step up. For the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you sort of started to see the numbers dip below the $5 million mark. James Connor, believe it or not, he actually delivered um, almost $5 million over his average pay per year because as a fairly leading a decent season from him on a rookie running back deal where he was drafted, you know, in the, in the mid tier of the rounds, you know, he was able to basically, you know, we were still only had to pay him and well, his average pay per year packet is, is 793,000. So value there as well. And then of course, as we go down the list, you're going to get like Alex Highsmith delivered, you know, $2.9 million over, um, you know, obviously we sort of saw him play the back end of the season and then you've got players like Stefan Tuitt, Kevin Dotson, Cameron Sutton, Robert Spillane, you know, other key guys there that are sitting around that $2 million mark of benefit. So just an interesting sort of thing to consider when it comes to the to the salary cap and and looking at what people are doing against their contracts. Because it's one thing to talk about purely where the Steelers can find salary cap space. It's another thing to go back and look at, well, were players worth it? Because it's really important as we go into 2021 that we're looking at players that the Steelers can either re-sign, restructure, extend, keep. Um, and by re-sign, I mean in terms of their free agency and really, you know, look to, look to, look to harness the success of this team and go forward. And that goes back to that contract utilization because if players are not going to deliver above their average pay packet, we're not going to be utilizing our contract numbers and our salary cap effectively. So with that, we wrap up part one of this week's show. 
Um, join us for part two. We're just going to take a short little break. You don't need to flick over to any other audio. Um, and I look forward to going in part two to really looking at some more value for the Steelers. What the Steelers cap room in future years means for keeping players this season. And we'll even look at a fan question that we got. Look forward to joining you for part two. We're back on Steelers Cat Room. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm your host of this new, I think it's actually the latest show joining the BTSC family of podcasts. At the moment, this is just a, it's an addition to the off-season schedule. So let's crack into part two. Lots of numbers in part one. Really keen to talk about the Steelers salary cap situation and all things 2020, 2021, and beyond. Sound like Buzz Lightyear there, or Buzz Lightyear, I should say. So one of the things, um, as we say, we I, I pull the numbers mostly most of this podcast uh, from over the cap, um, my, and I, I have a subscription to those guys, and some really interesting numbers. Some really, you know, for those of those of you that really love your salary cap, you can pull out some really great numbers from there. But you know what? By listening to this podcast, it's my job to interpret the numbers, and your job to take them in and give me feedback after. So the next thing I wanted to discuss was a fan question that we got for this week's show. We got a question from Brian Haynes. And and as I said on last week's show, if you've got a question for me that you want me to address each week in the show, just send me an email. AussieStealer91 at gmail.com. That's A-U-S-S-I-E Steeler91 at gmail.com. So Brian asked me the question after the pod, after the pod, listening to the podcast last week and said, look, I've got a quick question about our cap. Since we lost Vance, assuming that we lose Pouncey to retirement and we restructure at least two big contracts, who do you think we'll be able to, to go after and get a top big name in free agency? Or is it just not possible? So that's a great question. And that's one we're going to tackle. And it allowed me to play Omar Khan just that little bit more. And I thank Brian for his question. First thing I want to do is just share In 2022, and it's really important to think about this because in 2022, 2023, the cap numbers are really important to understand because that's where there's movement. Because we talked about restructures, re-signing, where's the move, where's the movement for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So in 2022, the Steelers currently have $171 million worth of cap space available. Now, again, the cap that's assuming the cap number goes something a lot more similar to where it was last year may even go up with the 17th game um, in 2023, the same thing. So those numbers not necessarily are going to be exactly what they are right now, um, but it's a far cry from where the Steelers are sitting at plus $20 million over the cap for 2021. So what I wanted to go through was a bunch of changes in terms of how the Steelers could keep a lot of their roster and that would include re-signing some of the guys that are off contract who in my mind would be, you know, um, you know, big free agents that they'd want to keep. And or being able to look at guys that they that they could actually sign out of free agency. But that would depend on Ben Roethlisberger. So let's start at the very beginning. The changes that I made as 
Matt Peverell, the Aussie, still a super fan from down under, along with Mark Davison. The moves that I made were this offseason as playing Omar Khan. I cut Joe Hayden. I assumed Maurice Pouncey retired. We had Vance McDonald retire. We cut Cameron Canaday, the long snapper. Steelers are paying him way too much money. We can find that much cheaper. I cut Jalen Samuels, which is more unlikely for the Steelers now that we've re-signed, that we've moved Matt and promoted Matt Canada to offensive coordinator. They have a history together uh, for North Carolina. I cut UG3. He's injured too much. He's not been able to crack in. I cut Trey Edmonds. I don't, he, keeps, keeps all over, he keeps coming all over the squad. He's listed as a tight end right now on one roster projection. And I cut Vince Williams, Vinny Vitovici. That was a tough cut, emotional, great Steelers player, great human being, one around the locker room. Maybe he's got an interesting coaching great, but his $7 million cap hit is just too much to swallow um, this year. And I, and I mentioned that last week. So as I'm in my role as Omar Khan, I cut him dead cap of three, just over 3 million savings of 4 million. Now the next moves I made to give the Steelers some salary cap were, I assumed the Steelers wouldn't cut big Ben because of art Rooney wouldn't want to. Um, and I'll show you the difference that he makes in us in, in uh, when I go through some of these numbers. I restructured Stefan to it. I restructured him um, over the next two seasons so that he would have a $10 million cap number for 2021, which would reduce his cap number um, from 12.389 million. Sorry, would, sorry, I reduced it to $10.978 million. Um, which would give him a base salary of just over a million dollars and a pro rider bonus of $9.9 million. That means in 2022, his cap number jumps from $12.389 million to $16.381 million. So that's about a two, two-ish million, $4 million increase overall, but it, it, it moves some money around. Again, I've created a little bit of cap room. The next thing I did was actually re-sign Stephen Nelson to a new deal. I signed him to a, I'd added two years um, on top of 2021. So he signed through 2023. I signed him on a $1.25 million base salary in 2021 with a pro rider bonus of, um, the pro rider bonus there of $10.836 million, which gave a cap mil, cap number of t- just over $12 million. In 2022, I moved his number to a $6 million base salary, a pro rider bonus of $4.6 million, a roster bonus of $2.5 million, a cap number of $13 million. If we were to cut him, we'd save just under almost $4 million. His 2023 number then moved to a base salary of $9.5 million to give the Steelers some flexibility if they did want to cut him and if his numbers dropped off, a pro rider bonus, which has to be paid of $4.66 million, and an overall cap hit of over $14 million. Again, there's flexibility here. If he's not performing at around 30, we can cut him for $9.5 million. I then chose to extend Eric Ebron by two years. Eric Ebron's number moved to $1.5 million in the base salary in 2021, a pro bar to bonus of 5.5 million in 2021 for a cap number of 7 million. Now this only saved a couple of million um, and or just over a bit of million. But what it did was it meant that we could keep Ebron on the roster and we lowered the hit a little bit. Equally, um, 
it was really important that there was a there was a cap gain there, which ended up being four and a half million. That gave him a twenty twenty season twenty twenty two number of three point two million base salary, bonus of three million, cap number of six point two million, which is where I really feel he should be sitting. Dead money production of six million. So we really needed to keep him through twenty twenty two, and then in twenty twenty three. Base salary of 4.3, pro rider bonus of 3 million, cap number of 7.3 million, giving him a dead money cost of 3 million, but a cap gain of 4.3 million if we choose to cut him as he gets around 31, 32. So hopefully you're still with me there. By doing those, by doing those, I then, I then was able to and we'll get to Big Ben in a moment. I was able, I then projected to find the cap. I need, I re-signed Cameron Sutton. I re-signed Cameron Sutton. I put a, and so we re-signed him um, for a couple of years. We re-signed him all the way through 2022 and 2023. So his number would be 990,000, um, his base salary in 2021, a pro rata bonus of 2.6 million in, um, tw- uh, in 2021 a base salary of 4.5 million in 2022 because he will want to get paid pro rider bonus of 2.66 million again in 2022 cap number of 7 million um and then in 2023 his not base salary number would be 3.8 million dollars a pro rider bonus of 2.66 million dollars and a cap number of 4.66 million dollars if we cut him in 2023 that'd be 3.8 million dollars back in the cap as I said, this allowed me to give Robert Spillane a um, exclusive restricted uh, free agent tender. It also allowed us to re-sign Zach Banner on a minimum and put money back into the cap by re-signing Big Ben for an additional year. I moved Big Ben's numbers through this re-sign 34 million in 2021 with a $1.75 million base salary and $32.25 million bonus. In 2022, he'd make $1.2 million salary and a $10 million bonus. So essentially what I did there was basically turn the $42 million cap hit to being a bonus over the two years. So he makes the money. Therefore, if he didn't come back in 2022, he could still get that bonus amount um, because the, the, the bonus would be spread over those two years. And so basically what that would mean is there'd be a $20 million signing bonus on top of the already guaranteed money that he's got this year. Effectively, if you were to cut him instead, there would have been a $12.934 million addition to the cap. Now, if you would cut Big Ben instead of re-signing him to this deal, it goes into Brian's question, could the Steelers sign a big name free agent? Now, my question is, what defines a big-name free agent? Because we've already signed those, those couple of other guys that filled needs. If Juju goes and we're not able to work out a deal with him, I think the Steelers should try and franchise tag him, then work out a deal for 12 to $13 million if they can. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger would have to go, and so does Maurice Pouncey. He has to retire. But if Juju goes for that $12.3 million, believe it or not, Larry Fitz. Gerald could be available, maturity in the locker room. AJ Green, if he wants to take a pay cut. Marvin Jones should be about eight or nine million. Even Sammy Watkins could be available for around 10 to 11 million based on current current stats. You may be sitting there going, Matt, 
you're off with the fairies, but that's what it looks like. Equally, Mike, Mike Pouncey, Maurice's brother, if Maurice retires, we could get him to fill the center position for a year or two. Means that we can use draft capital on offensive tackles, offensive guards, running backs, cornerbacks, other key positions, tight end. Um, you know, so they, they could, we could bring him in. Equally, do we need to bring in a cornerback? Um, do we need to replace Mike Hilton? Patrick Peterson could be available for under $10 million. So could Richard, Richard Sherman, but Patrick Peterson might be a much better fit, even though he's getting older. If we want to feel if Alawalu doesn't come back, he's a free agent and sign a minimum deal. Believe it or not, we could even go after Indonomasu. If we're looking at outside linebackers, obviously, and even on the inside, we're losing Avery Williamson potentially. We're definitely losing Bud Dupree. Yannick Ngokwe, Devondre Campbell from the Cardinals. Those two guys are available too. So going back to and answering Brian's question, we can certainly do some things, but Big Ben's cap number has to move. The Pittsburgh Steelers have to do something to move to move that contract. And the key thing I wanted to just reiterate is that the Pittsburgh Steelers have real options this offseason given their low their low cap you know commitments in 2022 and 2023. Now, last week I sort of I, I prefaced that we'd have a um, a weekly value of players around the league. I wanted to show that this week as well. I thought it was really important that we continue that segment, even though I've gone way into all these different numbers, all these different numbers. So I basically wanted to look at who was the most valuable players in the league. And I thought, let's look at that NFL player valuation that over the cap have. The player this season that delivered the greatest overall value of all players was Josh Allen. He delivered a, a value over his average per year um, amount for his contract of $32 million. That was followed by Kyle Murray at $25.8 million, Justin Herbert at $25.3 million, Lamar Jackson at twenty, just over $23 million, and then TJ Watt. He was in the top five and the only defensive player in the top 10. That's right. The only defensive player in the top 10. So we'll talk next week about the money that TJ Watt should be paid, even if it's not this off season, because it will impact what the Steelers will be factoring the way they're backing up the Brinks truck for him. They will be factoring into this off season as they go about it. And they really, really need to be because the difference he's making is huge. And I do not want to be trading TJ Watt in any trade for Deshaun Watson. But look, that's still his cap room for this week. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to joining you next week when we'll have big news as we potentially hear about more retirements, more changes as the Steelers offseason. season.